tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Live on Joy 99.7 FM, this is Ghana Connect. This week, something very interesting happened in Accra that got some traction on social media, but largely escaped the major mainstream headlines. The African Union joined forces with the Africa Transitional Justice Legacy Fund, the African American Institute and Global Black, uh, with funding from John D. Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, to launch a coordinated effort that will pile pressure on the West to pay Africans reparations, or more simply compensation, for slavery and colonialism. Now, President Akufuado was in full support. As if this was not enough, the continent had to endure centuries of being colonized by the same people who undertook the slave trade. The identity and personality of Africans were brutally assaulted and the imprints of colonialism and imperialism woven deeply into the fabric of our lives. For many of the millions of the descendants of these unwilling travelers to the Americas, Africa remains a continent of deep emotions and unresolved questions. But what we do know is that the African peoples built and contributed to the successes of the Americas. And even though they did not willingly make the journeys in the 200 years of the slave trade, once there, they were and have been an integral part of the success in their new homes, even though they have not benefited nearly as much as they should have from their toil. We believe the calls for reparations to Africa are just. The effects of the slave trade have been devastating to the continent and to the African diaspora. The entire period of slavery meant that our progress economically, culturally, and psychologically was stifled. There are legions of stories of families who were torn apart. Fathers who went out to fish or farm never returned. Boys who went out to play and were taken never came back. Daughters who went to fetch water never saw their parents again. You cannot quantify the effects of such tra tragedies, but they need to be recognized. Ladies and gentlemen, reparations for Africa and the African diaspora are long overdue. Predictably, the question of reparations becomes a debate only when it comes to Africa and Africans. Well, let's have that debate, shall we? Because um, anytime it's mentioned, it's always an issue. But 
there's clearly a, a significant united push now supported by the African Union and many, many presidents across the continent demanding their reparation. So in the past when it used to be whispered among organizations, uh, that part that past seemed to have changed now, where there is a, a, a real, real momentum now, uh, backed by the entire continent, um, with the force of the AU and many presidents demanding the payment of these reparations. Now, listen to the uh, the AU's representative, the Ambassador Saleh Ahmed, who is the head of uh, of the of the AGA uh, Secretariat and senior human rights expert with the African Union, uh, speaking at this event this week. But we meet here today to, take, to say the time has come that we, sh we should speak with one voice as Africans. And to speak with one voice, we have to set the foundation for that voice to be heard. And that foundation that we're here to recommend today as African Union is to agree on establishment of a platform that will officially represent Africa in seeking reparation for the crimes that happened in the past. That way will ensure that the justice, the justice we are seeking is implemented and the reparation that we are seeking are a reality and not a dream. So the reparations, the one that to become a reality and not a dream. So that's uh, the AU's bark in there. This is always a controversial subject. Let's have it. I mean, and, and you, you know many have said when this, when this comes up, the argument goes that it is not enough for those who push this. They say it is not enough to abolish slavery and colonialism because we know that both are, are no more. But we Africans deserve compensation or the more politically correct term, reparations for wrong done to us. To put it simply, the white man must pay for enslaving us. It has been more than a century since slavery ended, uh, many will point out, and decades since most of, most of Africa emerged from colonialism. The white man has over that period, it's been argued, for those who, who contradict and challenge this, this demand for reparation, that the white man has over that period, centuries and, and decades uh, since the end of slavery, have given to Africa trillions in aid. And, and that we as Africans have simply wasted that. They ask the question simply, shouldn't we simply move on? Let's have that conversation with our connectors who are connecting us uh, with us from all over the world indeed. Um, uh, connecting with me right now uh, from the USA, a good friend of mine, Felix Anamand, Ghanaian managing a transport business in the USA. And I must note, a very successful transport business that is taking the United States by storm. It's possibly going to become uh, a multinational pretty soon. And he joins us on the telephone line right now. Hello, Felix. Uh, please unmute. Felix, please unmute for me. I think I can hear you, but I can see you. Okay. Um, okay. Felix is on mute. Can but you I, can, hear me? I can hear you now live. I can hear you, Felix. Wonderful. Great. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Felix, you're doing great in the U.S. I'm, I'm happy that you're, you're connecting. You bring a different perspective to this. You left the shores and, and went to the U.S. Uh, and you're making it big there. Um, I, I want to know whether we, we, you, we agree that we need reparations as Africans because of the slavery and colonialism, et cetera, et cetera. It, join me. Uh, Felix, we'll hear Felix's thoughts very shortly. Also uh, connecting with us tonight uh, is, uh, is Abdul Karim Ibrahim. He's a graduate student from the Department of African Studies. Uh, you know why uh, he's, he's on the panel tonight. Hello, Karim. Hi, Always exciting to hear your voice, and I'm, I'm I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this, <laughs> on this push. Uh, Nikomi is an African studies scholar. Hello, Ni. Hi, Evans. Good evening. Uh, great to have you, Ni. And and listen, gentlemen, connector, stay with me because Ghana is talking about this. I saw it trend a bit on Twitter, um, but I want to start first with Mahmoud Kamara. He's executive director of the Africa Transitional justice legacy fund i mean they partnered the the, the african union uh for this uh, conference in accra uh, to, to to sort of get the momentum going to, to demanding ensure as you had the au reps say that the reparations isn't simply a dream but a reality mcmead thank you for your time on ghana connect uh, thank you very much events 
Thank you very much for having me. Great to have you. I mean, first of all, explain to me why this renewed push for reparations. Uh, thank you very much. I think there is a, a growing momentum for reparations for um, historical crimes like the, the slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade, and colonialism because of recent um, happenings that have given an added impetus to this particular demand. As the president rightly mentioned in his address, whenever there is an issue around reparations when it comes to Africa or people of African descent, the question that is then used to deflect the, the, the demand is that we, we have to move on. This happened several um, centuries ago. Why are people asking for uh, reparation? But it's, it will be important for us to just unpack and understand what reparations mean. Because the most, um, um, uh, the, the, the most important thing here is understanding the narrative. Reparation does not necessarily involve financial compensation. We have five different strands that constitute reparations. Huh? You have compensation, of course, which is what a lot of people know. You have restitution, you have guarantees of non-repetition, and you have satisfaction. Now, we are, to- we are calling for, and when I say we, I mean here, uh, uh, the, the global reparations movement. We are calling for uh, the comprehensive and the full spectrum of reparations. We are calling for apology. We are calling for acknowledgement. We are calling for justice. We are calling, and then we, and then we, before we even start about talking about uh, the financial composition aspect of, of reparation. So it is important for people to understand. It is important for us in the continent to understand why this is happening and where it's coming from. A lot of the other um, people in different parts of the world, whether it's the Jewish, whether it's the Japanese Americans, uh, who have been uh, who have been subjected to various forms of serious human rights violations uh, or, or, or international criminal law crimes, have received one form or another of reparation. But Africa hasn't. And Africa and people of African descent have not. So this is what we are calling for. It is always, it's never too late to ask for justice. It is never too late for victims or the relatives of victims or descendants of those serious um, um, human rights crimes to ask for remedy. So the time is always right. And we believe that the time is, in fact, even more important now than ever for Africa and people of African descent to ask for and get what they are due, which is the full spectrum of reparation. So I I hear you. We are are making this. I hear you break down what you actually want uh, in in the following one, um, financial compensation, two, an apology. An acknowledgement that indeed slavery and colonialism did happen and people were were dehumanized. Um, these are the three I, I caught from your from your. Is, are there any more? And I call. I talked about restitution. Restitution. Restitution has to deal with not just the return of um, stolen African relics and uh, symbols and and uh, artifacts that were forcefully taken from the continent by colonial powers and by slave masters to, the, um, to Europe uh, 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 and America. It also involves the dismantling of systems and structures that continue to perpetuate forms of extravism from the continent. Systems and structures that continue to subjugate Africa on people of African descent that, uh, um, uh, that prevents uh, the continent and people from the continent from exercising or enjoying the full resources and power that, that, that is due them. Mm. So when I, by, by, by global systems, I mean systems like the IMF, systems like the World Bank, systems like World Health Organization, and different forms of other institutions where African power is limited or is determined by the affiliations that we have with the former colonial um, okay. rulers. So, so we want to ensure that those systems are dismantled to, to ensure uh, and promote equity and equality in the exercise of power. Wait, wait, so for, forgive me, that's for, for clarity. So you mentioned institutions like the WTO, uh, IMF, exactly, etc. Exactly. I mean, when you say dismantle, you want them dismantled or you want them reformed to make them fairer? 
Because dismantle exactly means simply point. means just you, tear you, them if down. If you want to reform and transform them, you have to currently dismantle the current um, formations. I see. We are, we, are, we are asking for a serious and comprehensive or systemic reform of those various systems and structures that continue to perpetuate the, the, um, not just the auspices of them, but the, 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 power, the power holders and the powerless ones. Okay. And, and in most cases, it's Africa or, 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 the, or the people from the black world oh, oh. that are powerless in this structure. Oh, okay. In terms of financial um, compensation, have we quantified yet how much we, 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 are, we are demanding from the West? So that this, this is a, this is an issue that um, also often kind of narrows the demand for reparation because we we are not calling for every single individual in Africa or every single African American or every single black person in Europe to be given a financial composition, which is what brings in the, the notion of quantification or, or, or of the, the monetization of the score. That is not what we are calling for. But that, that, that does not take away the, 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 the demand for financial compensation. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm asking. I mean, we, this campaign has been on for a while. Have we, have we at any point sat down to figure out what that will mean in terms of value and cost? So the, the conversation has started. When uh, you know that there's, there's so many um, initiatives, for instance, the HR40 in the U.S. that is always going. We have had situations in Namibia, for instance, recently, where the German government refused to, to um, uh, refer to the uh, to their response for the demand um, from the demand from the Namibian, the Herero people, refused to call it reparations because of its legal implications, but they are um, constituting it or describing it as uh, as a form of aid and support to the Namibian government for the genocide that was committed against the Namibian people mm. um, during German occupation. So for, in our case, and in the case of the Global Movement for Reparations, this is a conversation that has to uh, continue so that various elements, because we have different narratives, we have different scales of, of, uh, of crimes that were committed against um, the global black Africa. And for us to just um, say the, 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 the perpetrators have to give us 12 billion or 20 billion will actually uh, miss out the, the, the true scale of the, of the financial compensation that is required. Okay. Uh, Mike Mead, thank you. At least now you've given us a sense of what you're really asking for. Um, and the AU is backing you in this. Our own president is backing you. Let me bring in our, our connectors uh, into this. Let, let's debate this a bit more, uh, shall we? Um, first, um, let me bring you in, uh, Felix. I mean, you, you, are, you are in the U.S. You're doing well. I'll come to that a background pretty shortly but do you agree with with a foundation uh, with a fund working with you do you agree with all that you've heard that you and i'm talking to you in terms of the an african you need the reparations that you've just had do you agree that you need that uh, i i totally agree now um for one to agree with something like this you'd have to understand the magnitude of what caused it or everything first of all you have to understand um, the impact of uh, slavery and the side effect. You have to uh, also understand uh, that we talk, I mean, uh, destabilization of, or there's a destruction of humanity here, people of African descent. Um, you'd also have to understand the displacement of loved ones of families. You'd also have to understand uh, the, um, the gap that was created as a result of wealth uh, our resources being taken away from Africa. Uh, you, you can talk about stealing. I mean, with that amount to that. And you have to understand all these components to understand what is at stake. And when you understand these things, the impact of it, yes, it is important that we talk about it now. It is important that it is done. Tarim, do you agree? I perfectly agree, Evans. And, and for me, I... I'll even go to another extent to say that reparations are not only fair, legitimate, and due. Uh, maybe they would have to pay and pay uh, even more in terms of even sacrifice for it and all of that. But I have a, a little a little challenge here as, as we proceed with this conversation. You know, unfortunately, I disagree with the, the view that uh, there is a groundswell of support for the call for reparation and all of that. What we have seen, and the reason for which we are having this conversation today is that 
African leaders especially have reduced the discourse on reparation to some woke talking points that we sell to Africans in the diaspora at any point when we meet them. So when the president had this opportunity to engage, I'm sure his speechwriters thought, well, what issues can we present to make our president look like he's on top of issues? And so if you're going to engage African Americans and all of that, let us put this on the banner again and go talk about it. That is how we have discussed this over and over again. There's no proper coherent strategy to have everybody come together and have a consistent view on this subject. And that's why some of the questions on pragmatics, when you ask them, it's always very difficult to find answers for them and all of that. And so even the conceptual frame of what reparation is, and I get it, the element of money is there and always very important, but it's not all. The essence of reparation, among other things, is to cause one party or the other to first acknowledge and to make amends for the injustice that they, they caused. And because of that, there are many ways that reparations can, 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 can happen. And it is not always money, material um, um, reparations, among other things, all exist. And we need to begin to look at it within that particular scope. Because there's no two ways about this. There's, there's no debate to be had. And that was the, the other point that often people draw in it. And I'm saying this because I, I noticed that almost all the panelists really agree on this. So it's going to be a boring conversation if I don't introduce this in, in, into it. This idea that Africans by themselves were also part of, um, I mean, slavery. And for that matter, if you are asking for reparations, are we going to ask for reparations from within? I think that they are, they are, they are not entirely, uh, uh, I mean, they're not mutually exclusive. We can take that position and take another position as well. Professor Horace Campbell, who is a renowned uh, global peace uh, justice scholar, makes the point that we need to distinguish between the transatlantic slave trade and what he calls the, the domestic slave trade that happened within the continent. While I agree that there's some significant point in there to always converge around and to say that, I mean, even the ones that happened locally were also as bad. We need to look at the issue of power and look at capitalism and how modern capitalism or so-called developed countries today are particularly developed because of the, the atrocities that was done to or were done to um, African people uh, and, and the modern states that we have today and all of that. If we appreciate it from that perspective, we can have all the debates and demand of, of us to, to, to pay reparations to wherever it is that they must pay reparations to if you must demand that. But in respect of our relationship with Europeans and, and those who participated or benefited from the transatlantic slave trade, there's no debate about that at all as to whether or not it is time that we demand that and we, we must demand that with everything that we have in us and must do that very, very consistently and not treat it as one of those moments when if our president wants to show that he can have some topical matters to, to debate, and then he will drop it in there and go back to sleep to the next time that we'll do um, I mean, year of return and, and Africans in the diaspora come back home and then we'll drop it again. That cannot be the way that we mm. go about this. Subject. I mean, me, see, the, the, when it comes to the slavery, it, it's ended more than a century ago. When it comes to colonialism, I mean, it's been decades since most of Africa emerged uh, from colonialism. Shouldn't we simply move on? I mean, uh, to talk about reparations, if, if, you, if you consider the, the monetary part of this, the argument goes that the, the white, the, the West, they're giving us trillions, trillions in aid that we've, we've absolutely wasted as a, as a continent, as black people. Why are we spending all this time and effort, <coughs> Nee, um, arguing and pushing more than a century on? Um, thanks, thank you, Evans, and good evening to your listeners. Um, in principle, I agree with the concept of reparations that people should pay for the atrocities they've, they've committed. Um, I think it solves the world view. Every person anywhere in the world believes in the concept of justice. However, when you take the issues that are being discussed here, slavery and colonization, then it, it makes it more complex to define it like that. For a start, um, some reparations or discussions have been going on there in 2013 um, there were payments that were done by the British government up to the tune of 20 million pounds for Mau atrocities that were committed in the 50s and the 60s there have been as um, was earlier said there have been discussions in Namibia recently to pay about 1 billion euros 
in compensations for the Rohama group that were uh, for the genocide that happened in the early part of the 20th century. But when you tackle, when you see the main issue of slavery, there are just three parts of Africans, African um, countries or parts that were concerned. There's West Africa, Senegal, Ghana, Nigeria, and then there's Central Africa of Angola, um, Guinea, and just a few other places like that. And so when you, and this is just the transatlantic slavery, you know, we all tend to forget that there was a trans-Indian slavery before the transatlantic slavery. And I think we tend to ignore that part because we don't see the East as an economically viable people for us to go and claim monies for. And the question also exists that why don't we tackle that place, which had equal numbers of slaves that were transported across the Indian Ocean and across the desert, as was as happened in the past few centuries on the Atlantic Ocean. Now, let's, in, in knowing this monetary value, just some fundamental question is, what is the value of an African life? In Kenya in 2013, they paid 3,000 pounds per family for the people who were involved in the Mau Mau atrocities. Are we valuing African lives per that ideology at 3,000 pounds or at 3,000 pounds of today's inflation? Is that the amount at which we quantify African lives? And so once it becomes a monetary thing, I think it tends to solve the guilt or egoistic problems of the West. Now, let's also know that Brazil was the biggest beneficiaries of the transatlantic slave trade. Most people who were transported, especially from um, Nigeria, and certain places in um, eastern Ghana towards the Togo, Benin, etc., were taken to Brazil. I've not heard anyone go to Brazil or call on a Brazilian person. So it happens to be some people from the Americans or from the or, or Europe. And so, or Europe. And so generally, in principle, yes, there should be some payments, as was said earlier, something else but monetary. You know, in Senegal, Benin have started the return of looted artifacts that were that have we're taking the, we know the British museums, the museums in France and most of Europe, especially in Belgium, hold a lot of things for what has been done and the atrocities and the things that were looted from the kingdoms and empires of old. And so reparations could be bringing some of these things, some of these people were gods or, uh, or symbols of worship that people worship. And these things could be brought back. But once you tend to have a monetary way, then you tend to value African lives. I don't think African lives is an African life or any life. Cost so are, are you suggesting, as far as you're concerned, we should take the monetary part of this off the table? Once you once you quantify, I don't know what, that, that's what the, why the question, when, it, when the monetary part of reparation comes up, the fundamental question is, what is the value of an African? Yeah, and I asked that question of the of the fund, and they, it, it, it's obviously a, a clear struggle to, to now yeah. quantify. Yeah, because once once you once you place a value, somebody will just pay for it and then clear themselves of their guilt. That's why Germany doesn't call it reparation. It calls themselves a gesture of reconciliation in Namibia. And so putting monetary value across its it, it creates a big problem mm. because then you tend to, you can either dehumanize yourself, devalue yourself to peanuts where it can be paid and then they get off their shoulders with, and then they tell you that, well, this has happened. And so we've paid. But, 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 but even, but even that, but even, so talk about the money. Haven't they paid us enough in, in terms of that all the aid they've given us? Stay, stay with me, all of you. Let me bring in Force. is a good friend of this show, uh, a broadcaster in the UK, Ghanaian himself doing very well. Force, do you feel entitled that the white man must, must pay you reparations for enslaving your great, 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 great grandmother, maybe? Well, thank you very much, uh, Evans, and um, I'm, I'm coming in, in the dying end of the show, but I really appreciate some of the points that's been made. Um, and um, the question you've asked has got, it's got two prongs, because if you look at it, for example, and I, I live in the UK, so I'll use the UK as an example, there's been empires built, there's been family wealth generated from slavery that are still, people are still enjoying those things. So in some way, I think reparation is good. It's how it's paid, which is great, and as your earlier um, person was talking about, um, and also what is the money being used for is something that we need to actually focus on because, yes, you can value anything in this world, but what is what next after that that you valued it? Is it going to mean that the, the reconciliation part has been left alone? For example, if you go to a market and you buy something, whatever you do with that thing is your call. So I would rather 
that reconciliation route that Germany's taken, which I was going to actually hint on, should be the bit that we focus a bit more on because then it brings people together and then it heals wounds that have been gapingly with blood and open for a very long time. And Evans, to be very honest with you, you've seen how mismanagement of such funds have been in the past. And I'm not talking about Ghana. I'm talking about Africa in as, as, as a continent because there's been loads of money. I am really aware that there's been funds in Europe that some African countries have actually delved into it, but what it was meant for has not been used for. So I'm just very, very worried. What is that money going to be used for? Will they have to actually create a plan for what that money is going to be used for? And that is going to be independent of government upon government that takes power. It's it's a whole thing. But in my eyes, yes, we need to be compensated and we need, we need to reconcile or they have to actually accept the atrocities that they've put our family members, our great, great, great forefathers and our, our aunties, our mothers through. Because even though it's documented, the documentation of the slave trade is skewed to favour what they did. Uh, but, but here's the Any thing. Any which way that you see it. Yeah, I mean, but, but let me bring in Felix. Felix, your life example, a Ghanaian travels to the US with nothing. I know you, I can say that. But now, doing great things, taking the entire US by storm, expanding, and it doesn't matter of time before you become a multinational with your transport business there. I mean, isn't that, of course, you are in a country that benefited from, from slavery and you're doing well. You're doing far well, you know, better than many whites there. Isn't that the approach that Africans should take? That we should simply move on and, and make the best of what we've already been giving? I mean, Evans, you, you said it right. Uh, you're absolutely right on that. And, you know, having been in the States, I will say that um, there are programs that actually is given back um, to people of color, uh, basically. Um, you don't, it doesn't necessarily say a reparation, but to me, to some large extent, it is. Um, because just the mere fact that, for example, uh, you're a person of color or you are black, uh, you can assess certain uh, you know, funding or certain opportunities that under normal circumstances Another person, unfortunately, will not be able to do that. Um, I'm a living testimony to that. Um, you know, for example, the certain government, uh, you know, uh, contracts that one can assess, or oh, they would only give it to you or another person if the, there's no any other person of color who can do that. So there, there's so many programs that you know, uh, indirectly is paying back. Uh, but of course, there's a big talk about it here in the States that people, families want reparation, um, you know, done. So, um, you know, I don't know how government is going by that, but I know that there's a big talk about it and people are working towards I, I guess, that. No. I guess my, my question to you is, knowing what you've done with the, and so your point you're making is that in white America, in America, the, 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 there's a lot built into the system already that gives you the black african um some affirmative through affirmative action policies some uh, you know uh, preferential treatment and in considerations and contracts etc that maybe is an acknowledgement of 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 the fact that you've been disadvantaged because of white supremacy as we've seen it play out in the u.s should we be fixated then and you've taken that opportunity and you've done great things with it. And my question is, should we be fixated on, on chasing reparations, whereas there are opportunities there that we should be focusing on, like you've done? I think it, it should be, um, you know, because, um, you know, it is not everybody who gets to uh, assess those opportunities. So if it's actually, um, you know, uh, made simple, made simple in the sense that, 
Um, you don't have to have a good credit, for example, because the business setup, for example, you have to have certain good credits, for example, to assess certain Can opportunities. Can I just interject? I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you. What are, the, what are the loops that you have to jump through to all these black favoritism that you this this uh, I, about? I, I, I did not I did not Force, forgive me. We we, we had a challenge. I'm just trying to find it because Fons, you said there are, there Fons, are programs. Force, repeat. But repeat. What are the hoops that you need? Good. Repeat your question because we the the connection we lost you slightly. Okay. So my question is: Yes, I agree that there are programs there, but what are the hoops that he, a black person in the states, for example, has to jump through to actually assess those those programs? Felix. So if I understand you correctly, I mean, you know, I will talk from the business point of view. Uh, you, for example, where I see that reparation is important, right, is this. You cannot just go to a bank and say, hey, I'm a business person. I'm a person of color running this business, so I need this money. I'm a person of color, and they will just get up and give you the money because you're a person of color. No. Exactly my point. Right. And that was what I was trying to say. You'd have to have some sort of a credibility, which is, you know, here, most often your credit. And then how many years you've been in business? Can you actually do this business? I mean, of course, it's not really free money. Of course, there are grants and all of that. But these things help bridge the gap, you know, uh, which, you know, uh, some institutions would give you certain more privileges because of the fact that you're black. You know, that's what I'm actually talking that, about. That, that's now, a very, with, yeah, yes, go on. Land, Felix, let me bring back yeah. um, uh, so Foss. With that said, uh, you know, it is, it is very important to level the playground so that people can actually feel, because I've seen people that actually, their families were so much, you know, uh, impacted by slavery. Um, you know, that we can talk about the red line districts, and, uh, not the red line districts. I mean, the, 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 um, you can talk about how, the um the economy was where we had people of uh color could not even assess loans and stuff like that and we can go deeper into those things but if it is made clear where you don't actually have to go through all the loops um i think it would be great okay i mean force what, what was your point exactly with the question now that you've had the answer well, well, well now that i've had the answer the, the, the point i was trying to make is it, it sometimes is made believe and it is not so clear because, for example, we had this whole movement, Black Lives Matter in the UK, where people um, were taken to the streets after George Floyd. And we saw a whole movement about that. But they do curtail us because with that, it, it spread to even um, those slave masters. Universities have been forced to change names because they're realizing people have changed and they're realizing the atrocities that they did to the black person or the black man for that matter just to use just to use a phrase but what i'm saying is repression is very important but even if that is where we're going to go well we we've seen that for example was it benin that belgium actually had to send some um, um, was the remains of their leader back do you mean we've got to start from somewhere the money aspect is very important. But then again, what is the money going to be used for? Are we going to trace the lineage of those people that were taken and support their families? What are we going to use the yeah. money for? Ka Ka Karim, let me ask you this, Karim, on the back of that. I mean, of what real substance will this reparation be? And I know you are de-emphasizing the monetary part of this. I've heard a lot of that. that. But of what real substance will it be to Africans, for example, if we get an apology, if we get restitution? If we get, I mean, what, what, what real difference would it make to our current plight as a poor, miserable continent? I, mean, I think perhaps even the, the better question to ask is if the status quo remains, what what of what benefit also uh, does that come to to Africa more broadly, and and for me that counterfactual question is important because then it helps us to realize what exactly it is that we are seeking here, and that's why I made the initial point that uh, the framing has been very problematic. He has helped very well with that to ask questions as to. What is the value of an African life, for instance? And we take it for granted and assume that because everybody says yes in this debate, 
we know what exactly we are talking about. The way the conversation has gone, it has shown me quite clearly that there's still a lot of very important pragmatic questions to answer and some conceptual uh, debates to be had. If you look, for instance, at at, at, at the, the locals, right? And historians have always talked about that uh, in terms of other people's participation and all of that. Today, the reason a lot of people seem very ambivalent, indifferent, and sometimes even dismissive about the discourse more broadly is that we have, and he says that we cannot even bring back um, um, artifacts, gods, among other things like that. But here, we have today a very prominent and eminent king in, in Ghana today. And of course, he's my king also, so I can talk about him. And I believe I have not have done anything wrong about that. Who revels in wealth, drives a Rolls Royce, worships a foreign god, and bows to a white priest. All of these people are where they are today, largely also because the slave trade allowed them to create a lot of the classes system that continue to be perpetuated in their kingdoms and all of that. I'm talking about the Utu uh, and, and the Santa Kingdom more broadly. All of these are very important. And when people reflect on all of those things, they are unable to come to the conclusion as to why uh, the, the reparations is very important. And that's where your question, for instance, comes in and all of that. And so maybe, maybe, and of course, this tonight's engagement is not, it doesn't give us enough time to do this. Maybe we need to reflect a lot more on the conceptual definitions of what we're talking about here. Because all the issues about pragmatics, who is going to get what, what uh, criteria must one use to be able to get anything and all, are a distraction from more significant moral matters that we must debate. If we don't address those things, we'll continue to be in circles like this, and it would help those that we are fighting against and demanding from them that restorative justice is very important. Very, very fascinating conversation, I must tell you. I mean, I see many of you joining us with your thoughts. Uh, my good friend Kwame, so send me this one. Who got the considerations in exchange for the slaves? Trade is done by two parties. That is, that is a massive uh, food for thought there. Uh, because, I mean, anytime we talk about slavery, we make it a... What about the other side? Um, and I know that came up too. Listen, uh, gentlemen, connectors, I'm grateful that you all join us uh, with your thoughts on this. This is a conversation that we will definitely return to. Now that the conversation has begun, the AU is taking on. And I wonder what you think too. And I see many of you uh, having this conversation on our, on our WhatsApp uh, pages and on social media uh, platforms as well. Uh, continue the conversations there. On this, you, you really, really think we should spend effort now instead of focusing on fixing our own problems, waiting for the white man to bring us reparations uh, uh, for something that was done to us. Terrible, terrible, terrible stuff that was done to our, 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 our kingsmen eh, more than a century ago. Let's have that conversation on our many social media platforms. Enjoy the rest of the evening. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online, this is the Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Hello, 
I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online, this is the Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Hello, good evening and welcome to Locker Room Live here on Joy 99.7 FM with me, Oreko Ampofos. Officially, welcome to the 2022-2023 season. After three long on end months, the names we love to see and hear are finally back. Lifted back towards the Shorters one way, Salah's the other. He's on an old Trafford hat trick here, Mo Salah. And he captures the moment. The man is extraordinary. Escape Cancelo, that's oh, brilliant from Mo Salah. And still, Salah, oh, sensational! Absolutely sensational! Stella, a goal to dream of! How has that man managed that? August 2022 to May 2023, eight full months of Premier League football with some of the brilliant heads back in the dugouts. Sit down! Nobody! Sit down! Nobody talk! Sit down! We drink wine and relax! You are sad? There are many sads. I'm not good. I'm not good enough. I know that. Don't make faces. There's only the one in my team. I try to do my best. It's only. In few years, you can be a manager. And you can do it. No problem. But until now, guys, I am the boss. And I decide. Okay, boys. We spoke about everything, so you are perfectly prepared like always. If we are ready for each challenge, we are ready for a big fight. Let's show them this is Anfield. Come on. Some new names have come to the party. Enormous expectations after the confirmation of some really big deals. Big, big breaking news tonight on the transfer front. It's Liverpool who've been waiting to get their man, and now they have him. Yes, they do. Darwin Nunes is a Liverpool player. The club have confirmed it. It is a massive signing. He's a striker that every big club in Europe has wanted to sign. Yeah. He has chosen to join Manchester City. I mean, he could have joined Bayern Munich, he could have joined Real Madrid, uh, he could have joined Barcelona, but he decided to join Manchester City. And With me as a striker, um, I want to uh, have fun. When I have fun, I score goals. I smile, I uh, enjoy playing football. I think every footballer wants to win trophies and to become better every single day. So, yes, of course. Now let's roll on week one of 38 exciting weeks of Premier League football. Premier League, yes, we are ready. Nothing is for sure in this game. Rivalries are re-stoked. Momentum is gathering. This is what makes us tick. This is what makes our heart beat. becomes second to the colour of a shirt. There is no certainty. There is always jeopardy. It is always on the edge. It is always football time. So it's familiar territory again, familiar 
situations, sounds, players, and everyone is back as the Premier League, uh, which officially returns to your screens, your radio, and as usual, we're bringing you commentary of games over the weekend on Sundays when Sports Arena comes your way on Joy 99.7 FM. But for the third season in a row, it's the same club, Arsenal, who kick off the new season again. And in fact, they face another London-based club for the third consecutive time to open the 2022-2023 season. This time around, Mikel Arteta's men are to at the Selhurst Park to face Crystal Palace. Uh, we've done about six minutes in that game. It's still nil-nil between the two sides. A scoreline that doesn't really reflect what we've seen so far as Arsenal have been pretty dominant uh, with Gabriel Martinelli getting the best chance of the game so far. Uh, we have a special edition of the Local Room here on Joy 99.7 FM today uh, because we're prepping you for the new Premier League season and we have a host of guests tonight in the studio here at Kokomlimli. Uh, different sets of fans, different sets of opinions on what to expect in the new uh, Premier League season. In the meantime, it's a very engaging and interactive show that we want to have here on Joy 99.7 FM. And so if you want to uh, reach out to us and contribute uh, to the discussion today, uh, you can WhatsApp uh, your predictions. We want to hear what your top four for this season would be. Uh, the number to send your messages to is 055 uh, Send us your predictions for the top four in the English Premier League uh, this season and let's see uh, whether seven, eight months from now you would be smiling or not. hot in the studios uh, because the Arsenal fans are on the edges of their seat and are really anticipating any move uh, by Arsenal who have been quite impressive so far at the Selhurst Park. It's still nil-nil, almost 10 minutes gone in the game so far. Uh, pretty animated pundits that we have here today and joining me at the moment is uh, Emmanuel Bruce. Uh, we, we call him Brucey. Uh, Bruce, Bruce is an Arsenal fan. Bruce, how long have you been an Arsenal fan for? For the past 10 years. What do you say? For the past 10 years. And uh, how, how has the experience been for you? I know for a lot of people it's been a difficult journey. Has it been similar for you? It's been an emotional journey. Emotional? Yeah. Mm. Now, let's talk about this season. You say your 10-year journey has been... If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five Five years match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.